everybody. Welcome to today and welcome to Death Valley Girls podcast. I'm Bonnie and I talk to heroes about what excites them and we also talk about the mysteries of the universe. This week we have hero Jonathan Berman. Jonathan is a documentary filmmaker who's made movies including The Schwitz, Commune, and Calling All Earthlings. This week we discuss Calling All Earthlings, which is about the Integratron. And this is what Wikipedia has to say about the Integratron. The Integratron is a 38-foot structure with a diameter of 55 feet. It was designed by ufologist and contactee George Van Tassel. Van Tassel claimed the Integratron was capable of rejuvenation, anti-gravity, and time travel. He built the structure in Landers, California, which is near Joshua Tree, following instructions that Van Tassel vehemently claimed were provided directly to him by visitors from the planet Venus. The Integratron machine was started in 1957, and the structure was erected in 1959, and it was financed predominantly by donations, including funds from Howard Hughes. Um, That's where the movie begins, and it goes way farther into cool stuff. Uh, I really highly recommend you watch it. Um, It's on your favorite streaming service. And yeah, and next week we discuss his other documentary commune, which is obviously a topic I'm very interested in as well. Now, please welcome to your head and heart, Jonathan Berman. Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Thank you for having all of us. Yeah, well, I would like to um, first uh, note a few things. One, this is a heroes podcast. Um, I talk to heroes about what excites them. And uh, we talk about the mysteries of the universe and uh, what's super exciting or uh, to me, hero is anyone that's super excited about something. Um, And what's interesting about this conversation is that the idea for this podcast started uh, years ago. Um, We were we tour around the country and we would hear normal stories from people, but it was always on the dog walk in the morning where I was like anyone I talked to, I was just like, wow what a hero. Like, do they know that they're a hero? Um, and I guess, so everyone knows we met on the dog walk. Uh, I was talking to my friend, uh, who's going to be on the podcast too. Um, and, uh, you walked by and, uh, I mean, I love your personality, but I have to say the movies that you make are, so cool i can't even believe uh you talked to me in the first place um but i did want people to know that this was like exactly like in the morning i walk around and i see people i'm like wow that's so cool like you work construction wow that's so cool you clean the lake like wow that's so cool uh you clean the boats at the lake but you uh, my friend have a very exciting tale and I would love for you to tell it. Um, can you please tell us who you are? And Wait, you know maybe... about my tale? <laughs> I don't know about it. <laughs> okay. I thought that, that was That's secret. funny. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, first I just want to say that you, my dear, are the hero. So you bring joy <laughs> and creativity and life to the world. And we need to replicate you in some kind of boys of Brazil manner. Whoa. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe, maybe not that way, but anyway. Okay. All right. So what, 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 what can I do you for? <laughs> well, I guess um, I have so many things to talk to you about, about sure. 
uh, all of your movies, but I guess I would like to start with uh, just what is your name? Oh, okay. I'm Jonathan <laughs> Berman. I'm a filmmaker, independent uh, documentary primarily, and I am a professor at Cal State San Marcos, a wonderful university in the Cal State system, and the youngest of the Cal Ooh. State siblings. Cool. What do you teach uh, film stuff? Yeah, film and video. And in fact, one of your guests is one of our guests, Amber. She's coming in a few weeks. So it's such a weird synchronicity in the world. Oh, my God. She's one of my favorite. Um, I mean, she is maybe my favorite music video director in the whole wide world. Oh, ask, excellent, because uh, we're just getting to know each other. I'm doing a series of a class called World Cinema. It's one of those big lecture classes. Super fun doing the classics of world cinema and then also bringing in a lot of Latino, Chicano, AOX, et cetera, filmmakers. Cool. Yeah. Ambar's, uh, she's, she's amazing. She's like one of the hardest working and most working hardest filmmakers. I know she's always working uh, and cool. she's always making cool stuff. I've never, I, I'm, I really like quantity. I'm a huge fan of quantity um, and quality, but when the two meet my favorite, I can't like, I love cool. quantity and she is a, a super, super um, what's the word uh, prolific uh, in her work. Um, so congratulations for getting her. Um, but yeah, well, so thank you for introducing yourself. Um, I guess I wanted to talk to you right away as we were uh, I've seen your movie before, uh, the calling all earthlings I've seen. Oh. So it was so weird to be like, uh, like I don't usually don't do too much prep work for this, but, uh, when I watched it, I was like, Holy shit, I've seen this. I love <laughs> it. Um, I don't know too much about it. Obviously the movie <laughs> does a good job of explaining it, but I feel like there was one part or can you, do you mind briefly describing what the movie is about? Sure. I'm going to totally wing it. It's been a while since I've talked about it. You know, okay. I do I do films about stuff that I'm passionate about, that excites me, that, you know, gets my curiosity up and all that. And I went out to Joshua Tree and found this dome called the Integratron. And the Integratron was built in the mid-century, last century, because we're not at the mid-century, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh in the mid-century in out in the desert when there was nothing out there and uh it was at the behest of aliens according to its creator george van tassel and it would do all kinds of great stuff and van tassel is just this great enigmatic character like is he for real is it and the, the dome would spin around this was the plan and it would spin around and it would use all kinds of different energy forms and esoteric formulas to uh work as a time machine which inherently would make you younger that idea appealed oh. to all kinds of people including you know playboys in uh on the sunset strip who rode their airplanes out there and threw van tassel some money and one of those uh, uh people was uh howard hughes who van tassel had worked for before that that's the short summary i guess amazing that's i mean i mean amazing that's I, like I said, when I may, I love documentaries and I don't think you can get uh, a better topic or subject um, than what you just described. I do 
have one complaint. Uh oh. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm going. I'm going go, there right go now. For it. Right. There. I have one complaint. I, yeah. I love the movie so much, but I feel like there's a topic I'm super interested in that uh, you all just skated right by. Can I tell you what it is? Yeah, please, please. Okay. First so, of all, I just want to say that's a good sign because what's the uh, vaudeville showbiz maxim? Always leave them wanting more, Bonnie. I know. I <laughs> trust me. I we always leave ten minutes early. Uh, it's I, that's my favorite trick in the book. Um, and you're not in a jam band playing for twenty six minute songs. You're playing three minute songs, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Great. But, uh, okay. Lay it on me. Yeah, and this is an important topic. Um, uh, to me, I'm obsessed with it. So, anyways. So you I can't remember exactly who in the movie, but somebody was talking about the fact that um, in the 50s, you had these spacecrafts, these saucers that looked shockingly similar types of vehicles at the time. And then you get into like the 80s and the 90s. There's the triangle ships uh, that looked a lot like the fighter ships of the time. And then in the past, they saw um, like like way in the past uh they saw like ships like sea seafaring ships as ufos and then that's it you didn't talk about why you think that is that that is part of uh yeah like i don't think you can just skirt over that i think you or skate over it i think you need to give me an answer why do you think what we see as uh unidentified flying objects are similar in technology to around the time that we are living in and why they change. And now why are they tic-tac shaped? Please answer. <laughs> well, wasn't it Grace Slick who said you're only as pretty as you feel? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, in And by that, in my uh, sort of yeah. esoteric, uh, 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 incomprehensible way, I can unpack yeah. that. I mean to say that what is inside is outside, okay? So if what's inside and what we're seeing in our daily lives are uh, seafaring uh, uh, ships, then uh, that's what we might literally create or imagine uh, on the outside. That's really uh, intriguing that you mentioned that because I didn't even think of that as a po potential topic. You know, making a film... It's like a, writing a haiku, you know, it's a very codified right. short form, you know, Interesting, yeah, but, so you don't want to go off in too many directions. And just the topic alone opens you up to a can of worms because you I'm never I personally never going to be able to say, yes, there definitely are uh, uh, UFOs and uh, no? Tassel. I, I mean, I personally think there are. Okay. But I, I can't say definitely. I've seen things, you know. But um, so the answer to your question is, I think we manifest what's in our day-to-day -day life out there. Yeah. And so. Cool. Yeah. Fair enough. I just wanted uh, I that's wanted answer because um, that's that's something I'm super interested in. Um, what about the TikToks? What would that be? Because we the, like the TikTok. TikToks. Tic Tacs. You know those candies? Yeah, the ones that are on the paper. No, like those, like those mints. 
those yeah like, pill you shake them up and you're out of mm-hmm. screening or something and they make noise and then yeah that's like a really popular one people are seeing now or the cigar shaped ones yes that's, that that stuff over san diego is wild right yeah it's i'm not like, sure what that i it's just a yeah i was sort of kidding like i it is minutia to your movie i'm way more interested in i mean and that's the thing is i'm interested in the process of uh like how um just how how did you come about this how does one like i mean you got to have a lot of passion and energy just uh like do you think that that's something you were born with like or are you just a super curious person like tell me about how a human becomes a documentarian it is not easy and now you saying like the haiku thing that makes it even harder how did you do this? <laughs> well, the haiku thing is true of all films, and people seem to think there's this huge difference between documentary and fiction, and I think it's starting to become clearer that there really isn't. It's the same. It's the same. It's all the same. I mean, sure, one's scripted. But again, it's like what's real and what's not is sort of one of my themes. Uh, I guess uh, I've always been uh, curious and uh, interested in... Uh, creativity since i was probably like six or seven uh and i've played keyboards and bands jam bands <laughs> and uh, and bar bands i was in a bar band when i was 15 so uh i always uh, uh uh love uh people who are creative and you know though like the new yorker magazine will have these articles about like something you really couldn't care about like stamp collecting in like upstate New York or something. And they write (laughs) these articles and it's fascinating and you fall into it for 26 pages. And that is really amazing. Um, With documentary, I do find a lot, a lot of time it is about the subject. Uh, Just started. Oh, I'm I'm, uh, uh, programming for the slam dance film festival, which is the alternative to Sundance. And I'm seeing all (laughs) kinds of documentaries of every cool. level i realize i can't talk about it it's top secret but anyway i've okay. always been into creativity and yeah. uh and i have it in my blood as a jew from new york and my family would take <laughs> me to the cat skills when i was a kid and see the shows and oh yeah growing up with the marx brothers and all that stuff yeah oh. i mean not literally growing up with the marx <laughs> I'm, brothers. Like, yeah. I'm a little young for that yeah i'm like really you look <laughs> really good for your age um uh oh cool okay well that's awesome i guess like but specifically for this movie there's like there's so many angles like do you just i'm just for a documentary do you overshoot every single thing and then what i mean tell me like because the the sisters i mean every single aspect of it is just um it, it could you know and now that there's this new format of like um TV show documentaries, you know, where they'll like take us something like that could be like a 20 episode series. I mean, it is so intense. And I mean, even just the Howard Hughes element of it is so crazy. Uh, And yeah, life extension. I mean, there's a lot going on there, I guess. Like, how did you do you have a what's it called? Like formula in advance and then you just overshoot or do you Is there how much of it, I guess, do you learn as you go or how much of it do you already know in advance? That's a great question. Um, There's no script in the style. The style of filmmaking that I'm coming from is that Maisel's Brothers uh, New York documentary style. There's no narrator or anything. 
Yeah. So it makes it a lot harder. There's no script. Like writing a script is like, okay, well, then you might as well just work for, uh, and there's nothing wrong with this. It's great. Working for Reuters or, or the local news channel, you write out the words and then it's like exports were down today and you show pictures of cranes at Long Beach and you just slap. And when my students will say, uh, what's that word? Uh, B-roll. It, it like, right. It's like Niagara Falls for me. I go B-roll because that's a TV term that refers okay. to putting, putting images over an already written script. So I like to approach it as like a, a, a Buddhist uh, um, uh, beginner mind. Cool. So we shot, the point is we shot a ton of footage. I had no idea where we were going. And I just kind of like Columbo style filmmaking. Like, you know, awesome. I mean, I didn't wear the raincoat or anything. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I should. But, you know, how like Colum Columbo, the TV detective, he just kind of follows his hunches. So I kind of follow the hunches, you know. That's cool. I That's exactly what I hoped you would say, because uh, I, too, just channel uh our music i don't like i don't have anything at all I, there's me maybe an idea but then i just follow it where it goes and uh i've always been like um yeah obsessed of, i'm just so curious about documentaries because it's if you just follow it you could follow it forever so i'm so proud of you for uh completing it i just can't imagine completing um something that cool and that exciting and uh and yeah, I guess, and it inspired us, you know, you have to make an appointment way in advance. It's like so booked up there. Um, but so we made an appointment. This is a secret, but we made an appointment to take someone for their birthday um, oh, nice. who loves it there. But yeah, I guess for, I guess the main thing is everyone should just go watch your movie. It's so good where you sent it to me, which was very kind of you, but I don't think you can send it to everybody is it it's where it's, it? uh, I think it's on the usual uh, channels. OK. What is like, that line? The rich have got their channels in the houses of the poor. Leonard Cohn. So <laughs> so That's the so channels, cool. I don't know. I don't want to get too uh, futuristic, dystopic, uh, dystopic. But uh, I guess now would, now would be the time <laughs> yeah. based upon the world right now. Um, but um, the channels are like Apple and all that and Amazon Prime. And so just where people watch where, it. Yeah, Voodoo, you do, you know, that kind of stuff. PlayStation, yeah. it's on all that stuff. Yeah, um, cool. Well, I'm, I'm so bummed. I'm super bummed. Uh, I didn't get to watch Commune, but can you talk about what that's about? Because I have a feeling that that's going to be my next favorite movie. Well, uh well, that's interesting what you're saying about overshooting and stuff, because Commune is about the Black Bear Ranch Commune in Northern California. It was like a seminal, uh, so that's like a good rock word, right? Seminal, yeah. uh, prototypical 1960s commune. There was a bunch of people, mostly city people, who Where were like, was it uh, was up near uh, you, uh, uh, Forks of Salmon, which is uh, up near the Oregon Klamath, Klamath area. Okay. Of, uh, yeah. And they were like city people. Everybody wanted Utopia. The only problem was Utopia was different for each person. And they had no idea what they were doing because they were mostly from the city, rabble rousers. Great, great group because there was no real leader. I mean, there was Richard and Elsa Marley, but they kept their leadership at a, it's very hard to do because you see what happens with all these cults and stuff. They kept the leadership with a very light touch. So it was run by everybody. It's probably one of the more successful uh, uh living together um 
experiments, but they had their problems and a cult came along and challenged their authority. And uh, that's where we come in, you know. Cool. Are they all uh, living together? What's that? Do they still live together somewhere? No, there are still people. I think there are still a few people at Black Bear. When the movie came out, it caused a little bit of a sensation. It played in theaters and all that. And Jerry Garcia had just died. So according oh. to some of the Black Bear people, um, a bunch of people saw the movie and came, which they didn't love. But it's like one of those things, like even with, with uh, Calling All Earthlings, I really just love, it's really, I'm kind of a dime store anthropologist in a way. And I just like people uh, and their stories, especially when they're up to some cool stuff. So it's more about the people of Joshua Tree in a way. And I, I, I to be, and as I was making it, I was like, I don't want to ruin Joshua Tree. Maybe I should change the name of the town, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous, but you no, know. No, it's interesting that you say that because it, it really, I, I mean, I played there for the first, like I played at Pappy and Harriet's like oh, awesome. 15 years ago. And it was like totally different, obviously. And I didn't know until your movie, I guess I, I love the desert. I think it's so cool, but I'm a, like, I'm a forest bitch. Like I'm, I like the mountains. I like lakes. I like trees and stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I really like that kind of thing, but I, I didn't realize until your movie, the reason why, I guess it's a, um, it's like an ancient thing that the desert will bring the aliens and the gods. And it's a, um, it's what your movie says. And it's a meeting ground or something. Um, even the Egyptians, everybody said some shit about the desert. And I was like, Whoa, cool. Like, and now I'm super into it. I respect it. Um, but, uh, yeah. Jim Morrison. <laughs> yeah yeah Jim Morrison but, was into the desert and I heard this story recently that David Crosby recently in the last few years allegedly uh <laughs> came up to that country store you know in, in uh not Topanga the beach uh, Laurel Canyon Laurel Canyon yeah he looked out around and he saw something uh Morrison like uh tribute or something he said Morrison you dork <laughs> <laughs> that's funny but Morrison yeah. liked the desert and aliens seemed to like the desert right yeah, for sure. Totally. I, and just there being like a, a historical like um, precedent for why people go to the desert, I think was important to me to learn because I was just like, I don't get it. Like, I mean, I'm from Los Angeles, like yeah. uh, it's dry enough here. There's not enough green here. So I just am always confused when people go there. But now I get it. Like, I love being there. Yeah. Can't see more stars than when you're in the desert but it's just i didn't yeah. understand the precedent and now because of your film um i fully understand and i respect uh the the concept of the desert um and just i i like really like uh e egyptian um myth and legend and lore and i uh appreciate that you mentioned that in your movie and it made a very good case for me to um love the desert as much as the mountain um which is important to me <laughs> but yeah that's so cool so yeah i guess another uh person that we're gonna have on the podcast pretty soon uh made the source family documentary oh yeah jody she's great yeah and uh that that's why i should have watched commune but i just like okay. we we were in detroit um last weekend 
uh, and for a masquerade ball, like the one of the biggest ones in the world. And it, it was all these fire eaters and clowns wow. and so much stuff. It was really so intense. And uh, yeah, it just like that kind of uh, took away my head. You know what I mean? And now I'm just I'm stuffing my head back in talking to you. Um, but yeah, what do you I mean took away your head? Oh, it's just a lot a lot of um, exposure to uh, clowns are like way different than regular people. Um, and wow. uh, carny culture is like really intense. This was it was at the it was super, super cool. One of the coolest places I've been, um, the uh, Detroit Masonic Temple. And it's mm. like eight stories. It's gigantic. Mm. It's it's completely, completely wild. There's like painted ceilings that have like half man half dolphin i mean there is like it is wild but then there was just like four thousand people and hundreds of clowns and fire eaters (laughs) yeah so i'm i'm a little bit like um yeah it was really intense you You had your socializing and now you want to just read a book and drink tea yeah i something like that yeah but i i do i also want to um harass you Good, because, so you know, I was your... a carny. Did, did I mention that? No. Yeah, really? I, I was a carny. It's like great training to be a filmmaker. I was a carny, a kid magician, which like every second filmmaker seems to be. Uh, and I played in bar bands. What more do you need? Right. Wow. <laughs> when were you a carny? I was era? I was walking along at our local fire department with a girl I had a crush on. Uh, and every, and she must have been like 15 and I was like 16 or something. And this around about, yeah, so it was like uh, late 70s. And these guys were talking to her and they're like, hey, you said you're going to join us every year. You want to join us this year? And she's like, can I bring my friend? And they're like, sure. So I became an instant carny and they taught me the tricks of the trade and what to scream out when there's an issue and how to call people into your booth, which is you say, you want to know how? Yeah. This is good. If you ever want to get someone into your booth, <laughs> always <laughs> <laughs> you say on your Brunzel by the bland auction appy. And then what? they say, yeah, exactly. Then they say, what? And you say, can I ask you something for a second? And you call them. Over. Wait, say it again. All right. This is top. You have to swear. Every, every, every one of your listeners has to swear to secrecy. But if you want to call someone over to you, you say this carny gibberish, which is. On your brunza by the bland auction appy. Always <laughs> works. It always works. It's wow. <laughs> it was fun being a carny. Yeah, I liked it. So, that's so cool. It's, what does that sound like? Sound? What do you mean? I mean, it sounds like some sort of language. Oh, I think it's just gibberish English. You know? oh, okay. Yeah. It kind of sounds like, like what the... Um, what the Amish people talk. I don't oh. know what they talk. <laughs> what they talk. What they talk. I don't know what they talk. That's okay. <laughs> cool. Well, so did you like, I guess. So you just came at this stuff as like an artist uh, all around. You just, you're just an all around artist. You're. It's not like you were like, I was in journalism school. And then I said, fuck this. Well, that's interesting. Cause the other aspect of my childhood was that my dad had a community newspaper in Brooklyn. No. Wait, in, in Brooklyn, like, deep Brooklyn, like like mafia. Uh, if there was a mafia, which he 
told me, and I agree, there is none. But uh, there was Where one. In Brooklyn? It, Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, which is oh, super, cool. super cool, super fun to grow up. So I was a kid journalist as well, going to see Laurie Anderson and getting free tickets from the newspaper and writing reviews in, in the Italian uh, Brooklyn newspaper. You know, that's so, so cool. That was yeah. fun. So journalism, but I do not come at this stuff as a journalist, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you want to know a funny, weird tidbit about Brooklyn? I do. Uh, is that my great grandparents had a store? I don't know what kind of store on um, Graham Avenue. I didn't know this. I lived there. I had a store on Graham Avenue in like yeah. 2004 Crazy. to what? eight or something. That's, that's and then I, I found. Oh, really? And then I was I on found... Humboldt Street. Oh, no way. Cool. Yeah. And then I found out that my great grandparents had a store there, but it wasn't called Graham. Ave. It, it's like past where like uh, whatever. I don't know. I can't think right now, but it's uh, it changes names. And so I didn't realize until I had the store for like three years, but I was on the same block as my great grandparents. But that's, that's so cool. That's so that cool. Is this is the, this is the grandparents who became the restaurant people or other no, I think other. they're the other ones. There was okay. like, uh, yeah, there was other ones that um, I mean, I would be lying if I told you any more information, honestly. Sure. I, yeah, I, I feel like they're my my last name is Bloom Garden. I think they had Bloom Garden department store and then they moved it to Pennsylvania or that's not true you know <laughs> so it's all kind of confusing i like, can't go any further on that yeah they'll be like dry goods like what are i'm still mystified yeah, yeah. are they beans yeah, yeah. are they dungarees <laughs> what are dry goods dungarees so is there anything that you're working on now as like um i don't know like is there or is there anything you're obsessed with now that we should be obsessed with too well, I am working on a project uh, super slowly about um, some really esoteric experiments the U.S. Uh, government did secretly on the West Coast. I'm kind of, you know, I kind of have this New Yorker's approach to California. Maybe this will be the third part of the triptych. The commune, we had the UFO one. And now this is about like, you know, CIA inspired government experiments and thought control cool um, which came out of so you know when you do a film like calling all earthlings there were so many tangents i went on and so much cool stuff i read and yeah it's like it gets to the point where like are you gonna finish the film or is the film yeah. gonna finish you <laughs> yeah i can't <laughs> you know? imagine so eventually you have to you know leave what is it the poem uh, uh poems never finished it's only abandoned Whoa. Yeah. So eventually you have Whoa. to abandon it and move on. But uh, I came across some really crazy stuff. Uh, uh, so if you uh, want to become an executive producer with your uh, tribe over here, let me know. OK, that's that's what you have. I don't to... want to say too much because, you know, you that's OK. What is executive? Is that who gives you the money? <laughs> yeah, it gives you the money or brings on Leonardo DiCaprio. In that case, I would have a narrator if someone like that came on. Oh, cool. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, I have always been fascinated. What do they call it? By psychotronic stuff, right? Yeah. Somehow incorporates punk rock and, you know, CIA experiments. And I don't know, maybe clowns, scary clowns. Whoa, yeah. Well, I think it's important because I think it, uh, although I don't care about disclosure too much because I believe that 
we don't need them to tell us ain't nothing. Uh, we know the truth. But I am always interested in the government's interest in uh, <laughs> the um, paranormal and supernatural and esoteric. It's so cool because it's that's the thing is there's the only there isn't enough money or no one will give money for the layman to study it, but the government has all sorts of money. So that's the only place they can study these fun things. Um, so that's, that's why they have more evidence than anyone else. I think in my yeah. primitive mind, unfortunately, you're not primitive. Unfortunately, they want to use it for the badness and we want to use it for the goodness. So it's, it's tough. It is tough. Well, I feel like if I can be so bold, I feel like and if if you don't mind, I would really like to um, conclude this meeting. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you don't mind, watch Commune and have you back on uh, to discuss that, uh, if that's OK with you, because I feel like um, that's fine. Yeah, whatever, you, whatever you want. I mean, the first film you might be into, too, because it's super old New York. It's called The Schwitz. Yeah. And it means the steam bath. And yeah, it's like I the old timey steam baths in New yeah. York. Area. Yeah. Yeah. I, I should watch that. That's like. I mean, you don't have to, but it's, no, I, want I think to. you'd appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just like, I, I really. Uh, yeah. I feel like I want everyone to. um I love I love calling all earthlings. I love everything you said now that I've spoken to you because we didn't know each other before. That's right. So random. It's but, like magic. Uh, it's like magic, right? Like Kreskin or whatever these magicians like. And we've never met before. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But now that I know uh, you're so fun, um, I want to put this one Thank out you. and maybe we can have another one. Um, so not maybe, but let's have another one. Um, you want. Yeah, but well, before we conclude this, is there anything you would like to tell anybody or any, any news you have or any anything I'd like to tell anybody? Everything is temporary. So uh, Richard Marley, who was the, uh, you know, sort of very loosely held leader of Black Bear Commune, uh, said uh, this Zen Cohen. C-K-O-A-N, I think it's a cone. It's a saying anyway. It's like, life is like a boat. You sail it out into the middle of the lake, and then it sinks. Wow. I know, right? <laughs> oh, my God. So I guess the thing is, enjoy the ride. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy wow. the ride. Enjoy the ride, people. <laughs> That's so cool. Thank Be good you. to each other, right? Yeah, thank Be you. Thank you. Be good to each other and enjoy the ride. And thank you. And once we get that experiment going, Bonnie, we're going to replicate you. So okay, there's, there's I'm one down. of you. Oh, you're down. There's one of you in every town. <laughs> Don't tell any of my friends or family members. They will tell you a million reasons why not to do that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, we'll talk to them. But thank you so much. I will thank talk you. to you again. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. And I'm excited to talk to you again. Me too. Bye. Bye. Bye.